Hi, this is Zach Ward, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready for another edition of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 408. And this week on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is Zach Ward. You remember him from A Christmas Story as the bully Scott. And he was uh, Dave on Titus, and he's got a new movie out that he co-wrote, directed, and he is in. And it's called Restoration. comes out on uh, May 3rd, and it's going to be on DVD on July 5th. So be sure to check that out. We're going to be talking with Zach coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. But we've got a lot of things going on, so let's get right into it. It is time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Hey, Madness. Well, the Tomb Raider is moving along as Alicia Vikander is announced as the new Lara Croft, and the film is shooting for an October 2017 release. And The Omen is getting a remake, and we've talked about that before, but this time they're going to tell the background story, and the movie will be called The First Omen, and you can look for Dwayne Johnson to star in Disney's Jungle Cruise. That's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies. It looks like Ben Affleck is set for uh, upteen superhero movies as Batman, of course. But he is still doing normal movies. He will direct and act in Live by Night, and it's about organized crime during Prohibition, and it also stars Anthony Michael Hall and Scott Eastwood, and that's going to be coming our way in 2017. And you look for Matt Damon and Julie Ann Moore to star in Suburbicon in 2017, directed, of course, by George Clooney. And the Coen brothers are the writers. It's a comedy crime mystery. And Juliana Moore, well, she's going to be also in a movie called Wonderstruck in 2017, and that's a drama. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming away as far as sequels. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Equal City. It looks like Sherlock Holmes 3 is moving along as it moves into pre-production. And Robert Downey Jr. stars, of course. And Disney has announced The Jungle Book 2 with John Favreau returning as director. And you can look for Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews. They're all coming back 
and Gary Marshall's going to direct, and they're coming back in The Princess Diaries 3. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen or Beyond, it's time to find out what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, May 10th. The big guy, Bob Hope, entertaining troops, will arrive, and it will uh, have three Bob Hope specials in there. So that's one you want to check out. It's good, uh, a good one. July 12th, Emergency, the complete series, will hit stores. June 27th, The Monkees, complete series on Blu-ray this time, will be arriving, and it looks like it's going to have a load of extras. And on July 19th, it's going to bring us the 100. The complete third season to DVD in a four-disc set. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen or Beyond, it is time to find out what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, June 7th. Zootopia arrives on Blu-ray combo pack and digital HD. And The Perfect Match with Terrence J hits stores on July 19th. And hello, my name is Doris with Sally Field arrives. And that's on Blu-ray and DVD on June 14th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, Alec Baldwin will host a new version of the Match Game on ABC. And the show premieres on June 26th. And Sunday nights in primetime. And also joining the ABC Sunday night game show schedule, Steve Harvey. He's going to be hosting Celebrity Family Feud at 8 o'clock. And Michael Strahan will host the $100,000 Pyramid. And at, uh, that's on at 9. And then Match Game will be on at 10. So uh, being on at 10, Alec Baldwin, the original Match Game, it could get kind of rowdy, I bet. <laughs> And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen or Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get it to me, eh? And you moan and groan and woe. Don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! (laughs) Celebrity Birthdays. Well, it looks like on May 3rd, Frankie Valli turns 82. May 4th, Will Arnett turns 46. And on May 5th, Adele turns 28. May 6th, George Clooney turns 55. And Bob Seger, that old-time rock and roll, turns 71. And on May 8th, Melissa Gilbert turns 52. And Don Rickles, he turns 90. That's it for Celebrity Birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, Trisha T. of Dallas, Texas, turns 37 on May 6th. If you, a friend or a relative, have a birthday coming up and want to celebrate it with everybody all around the world who listens to On Screen and Beyond, send us the information, and we will all wish you a very happy birthday. And that's it for Celebrity and Listener Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Zach Ward is going to be joining us. And you all remember Zach from when he was a little kid. And he was the bully, Scott on A Christmas Story that you see every Christmas Eve over and over for hours. He was also on uh, Titus. He was Dave. And he has a new movie out called Restoration. you got to see it. It's a good movie. 
Zach Ward, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is an actor, director, and writer who has appeared on many movies and TV shows, including Mike and Molly, Chicago Fire, CSI New York, and Titus. And we see him every Christmas on the reruns of the Christmas classic, A Christmas Story, where he played the bully. And he has a new horror movie coming out on May 3rd, which he co-wrote, directed, and stars in, called Restoration. It's Zach Ward. Zach, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, thanks very much. I'm excited to be here. Zach, you sound like a busy guy here. <laughs> Co-writing a, a movie, directing it, and starring in it? Yeah, it's been busy. Actually, we did two of them back-to-back. We um, rewrote both the scripts. I uh, produced both films, directed one of them, acted in both. Wow. edited the one that I directed, posted that one, and the other one is coming out in September, so still in the process of posting that other film. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of hats to wear on one head. <laughs> now, do you enjoy doing that? I do. I do, actually, quite a bit. Um, you know, it's uh, it's very satisfying creatively. Uh, it's a lot of work. Sometimes it's a little daunting, uh, and you, know, you drop you drop the ball on occasion just because I'm a one-man team. Uh, but you know, it's the idea of creating opportunity. Um, I directed a short film and a bunch of spec pilots, and I was working on a script. It was kind of my baby. It's a passion project. And I was making perfect be the enemy of good. And I realized that in order to direct a movie, I needed to go direct a movie. Mm -hmm. So that's why I pulled the trigger, uh, talked to my investors, talked to distributors, and worked on creating a property that would travel well, would be good for sales, and then inside that requirement, then start creating something that I would respect as an actor or as a filmmaker so that the audience gets such satisfaction that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things, uh, it's a lot to do, uh, and sometimes I am blurry-eyed and fuzzy-brained, <laughs> uh, but if it was easy, then everybody would do it, right? Right, right. you got to be a glutton for punishment. <laughs> you know, and who knows? The, I mean, the thing is, the, the creative aspect of it is very, very satisfying. And I, I've loved acting. Uh, I love being in front of the camera and doing that my job as an actor. I've done that for 36 years now. And I enjoy it immensely. But it's very compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a director, as a producer, as a writer, as an editor, it's a constantly renewed creative opportunity to learn and try new things. And uh, that keeps your brain firing. And I think that's the key to staying young. Mm-hmm. Now, restoration... Uh, and and yeah. I, I don't want to say too much about it because I, I don't like giving away, you know, the, 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 the plots or all the good parts of it. And so I can't say too much, but I'll, okay. when we get off the phone, I'm going to say some stuff to you. <laughs> okay. But, uh, um, I enjoyed the film. It's a very good film. Can you give uh, our listeners an idea of what restoration is about? Sure. Well, the name restoration comes from the fact that the, leads of the film 
Emily O'Brien and Adrian Gaeta, who play a married couple, uh, Todd and Rebecca. They move to a new town where Rebecca, who is, uh, she's doing her, um, what do you call it? She's, she's working as a doctor in a new hospital, and her residency in a new hospital, and her husband is a general contractor is fixing up the house that they bought so that they can have a nicer house and also that he can land himself as the go-to guy in the neighborhood for construction work. Uh, whilst they're doing that, breaking down through walls to open up the area, they find the diary hidden in the wall. And when they start opening the diary, it tells of a story of a little girl and what happened to her. And once that happens, it starts getting dark and scary. <laughs> yeah, we can't go any further because <laughs> you don't want to give anything away. <laughs> well, you know, and that's, as you know the film, and uh, since you've seen it, you know that there is a... Uh, there's some twists and turns along the way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go directly from A to Z. It goes from A to M and then from 12 to 52. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, sort of turns the story on its head, and uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, it was a fun ride. Yeah, there's one one thing I, I, I look for in a film. When I watch a film, mm-hmm. if it brings out emotions in me, then the director, the actors have all done what they're supposed to do, and you definitely did that. Oh, thank you. It's I, I enjoyed it a lot, and like I say, it brings out emotions in you, and uh, you know you uh, you're saying, "Geez, I hate that guy," you know? <laughs> yeah. or "Hate yeah. this person," or what you know. If if it's that type of thing, it, it's you know you're doing your job. You're taking us out of reality and setting us into the picture with you, and that's what you did. And I think it, uh, you, you really did a good job on that. Well, thank you. That's, uh, that's a huge compliment. I appreciate that. You know, um, with horror films, you know, I hate using that term, because I would really call it more of a supernatural, supernatural thriller than a horror film. Right, yeah. Um, horror films, to me, are more along the lines of, like, the uh, Army of uh, Evil Dead or Army of Darkness mm-hmm. or Drag Me to Hell to pull three Sam Raimi films out of my butt. But um, so, And this is not really that. This is more a supernatural thriller. And the thing is, it has to exist in the world that we live in. Otherwise, there are no stakes. Uh, you're a normal person. I'm a normal person. We drive our car. Uh, ghosts don't sit down next to us. We don't have planes landing on the freeway. We ha- It has to be a world where everything works in order normally in order for something that doesn't fit to stand out. Otherwise, it all blends into silliness. So for me, the way to make that resonate with an audience is to get them to care about the characters. And what I found is the best way to have people, the audience, care about the characters is make them vulnerable and make them funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way they they trust the relationship between the lead characters. And then if something is happening that puts them uh, in a dire situation, then the audience cares because they don't want them to get hurt. So that was what I was going for. And uh, my actors, Emily O'Brien and Adrian, they just, they created such a fantastic, believable relationship between them that you really feel like they could be a husband and wife. Right. What were you doing when you came up with the idea for this film? Were you, you know, you co-wrote this with, um, I can't remember who I saw. With, uh, uh, James Cohn-Bressick. Yeah. I mean, were you guys just sitting around having a couple of beers or something? Or, or, or did you? Well, you know, it's, how do I say this? Uh, 
like the passion for the project is everything, but there's also the reality of your responsibility to the people that you work for. And the people you work for are your investors. So you have to ensure that you're going to generate a property that people are going to want to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it to make sound, well, if a movie's made and no one goes to see it, does it, does it, was it ever made? Right. And the answer is who doesn't know? It's all mm-hmm. relative. So our thought process on it was we talked to our distributor first. We talked to him about what he liked in the marketplace, what was the best sale point. And I know that can sound a little heartless. But I think the art form of making films, because, yes, there are definitely movies out there that are solely uh, film festival darlings, and people spend years on them, and they come out in theaters at like, Sundance and Con, and the rea- then you know everybody says it's great, and no one ever goes to see it. Right, yeah. And it never makes its money back. And now that, that sounds, again, a very cold, but the reality is, my investors put money up for me to make a movie for them to get to get a return. Obviously, yeah. And out of respect for that, I mean, I respect money is the is the proof of the amount of time that you've worked on something to generate that cash. Mm-hmm. So I, I respect your time, which means I need to get you your money back. At the same time, I need to make sure that my audience is like, that was good. Right. I need to get I need to evoke that response from someone like yourself. So I need to put those together to satisfy both of those sides and myself as an artist and still <laughs> create a product that people want to buy and people enjoy and feel connected to. And that, that is, you know, that's, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a, it's a tricky thing to walk. It's mm-hmm. definitely got a lot of work in there. Yeah. Trying to balance it all out. Um, so when we talked to our distributor, he talked to us about the type of films that do well internationally. And, you know, haunted house movies uh, were one of them. And so then we came up with a bunch of ideas and he, I think it was like 10 little synopses. And then he told us which ones he liked, the four. And out of the four, we picked two and then we started writing them. Hmm. And uh, we knew some of the cast we wanted to work with already, like uh, for uh, Restoration, the little girl played by Anna Har. She's just wonderful. Um, we knew who we were writing for at that moment, so that made it much simpler how to define the script. And so then we started counting that out, and it was um, over Christmas 2014 to 2015, uh, over in my friend's studio, sleeping on an inflatable mattress, 17 hours a day, writing the scripts, wrote the first script in like five days. Do you feel your career, ever since you were young, uh, has led you toward this, uh, you know, being a director, or, or is this something that came later in life? Uh, it definitely came later in life. Um, my first feature that I produced is called Don't Blink, starring Brian Austin Green and Mina Sabari. It's on Netflix now and Showtime. Uh, Showtime. Uh, so by all means, please check it out. I think it's a good film. It's got really good reviews. Um, and the audience likes it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've worked on a lot of films. I've done over 100 movies, and I've worked with Michael Bay and Cameron Crowe and Steven Spielberg. Uh, brilliant, brilliant gentlemen. And then I've also worked with people And I honestly think I got an education from both sides. I'm sure. When you, you know, when you go to an acting class, 
uh, one of the great things to do when you go to an acting class is see somebody who's brilliant. But it's also great to see somebody who's bad because it makes you question why. Why are they bad? What is it they're doing that makes me go, oh, I don't want to watch this guy anymore. He's horrible. He's a gal. <laughs> What's going on? And, and then you start thinking, huh, well, do, do I do that? Hmm, maybe I do do that habit. And when you work with a director who is crappy, <laughs> and that's the thing is, they're just people with a title. Right. They're supposed to be in charge of stuff. And when they're supposed to be in charge of stuff, it means you're supposed to not be the grand, you know, you're not the grand poobah of important town. Your job is to work with your team to generate the best opportunities for the movie. It's not about ego. It's about getting the job done. Right. So I've watched some people with that title of director really screw it up, really waste time, waste the crew's time, waste my time. And that was definitely motivational when, you know, before there's sort of this, there's this texture to the idea of, ooh, he's a director. There's a difference. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you take off the title and it's just a fallible individual who needs to make decisions and guide the team. Once I went through that process and I was watching people stumble through it, I stopped thinking it was an unattainable goal. I stopped uh, canonizing my directors. They just became human to me. Once they were human, I thought, man, I could do that. Hmm. I need to go do that. So I first started off doing a short film that I, I wrote called Experimental. Uh, if you go to experimentalmovie.com, you can check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, proud of a lot of it. Definitely in retrospect, just the changes I make, but that's the art form I'm in. Uh, I won some awards, so that's cool. But it was my first first day I direct. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, then I started doing spec pilots and stuff that is not available for download at the moment or a few online because still in the sales position. But that was another experience. Uh, and I just kept on doing little jobs. They didn't really pay me any money, but they were the experience of learning how to do all this stuff and, and seeing where I had problems I had to fill. Because that's the thing that's great about film is you're constantly, constantly getting better if you have any objectivity whatsoever. Uh, you're constantly trying to review what your last work process was. And once you see it, your attitude is typically, well, I screwed this up. I'm sure I could do this better. Hmm. On the next one, I'll do this. So uh, I think the eventuality of me becoming a director was always in the cards, mm -hmm. even if I couldn't read them at the time. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mentioned in the introduction about the uh, A Christmas Story, and I specifically said reruns because, of course, uh, TBS and TNT, whatever, they, they keep running yeah. it all <laughs> 24 hours. <laughs> Did you ever imagine that that movie would, <laughs> would be shown yeah. so many times? No, oh, I mean, it's, it's like imagining, it's like, uh, it would be like asking you if you could imagine that we'd have cell phones that have more computer power than the uh, computers that sent the uh, rocket ship to the moon. Right. 
and we hold them to our head. I mean, it, it's so perhaps Philip K. Dick did, you know, because he was a futurist and brilliant at it. Mm-hmm. But being able to perceive that much of the future, uh, I sure as heck didn't. And it, yeah, it blows my mind that it's still such a thing. Yeah. Now, was that your your first film? Yeah, that was the very first movie I ever did. Wow. Then, uh, yeah, right? I had done uh, commercials before that, mm-hmm. but that was it. That was my entire range of experience. Huh. So, yeah, talk about getting lucky, right? Yeah, geez. <laughs> I mean, everybody does Everybody does films, you know, that are actors. The, the actors are always doing films that they start out with, but, you know, very few are movies that you still right. notice constantly <laughs> every year. Right. You know, it's like The Wizard of Oz, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's like The Wizard of Oz, but here's the weird thing. Uh Wizard of Oz doesn't take 24-hour marathons every single year. <laughs> True. They can't. They tried it, and it failed. And yeah. I, 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 here's, here's what I think the genius of Bob Clark and Gene Shepard is. The film was shot in 1982 and came out in 1983. Mm-hmm. We, it was shot as a period piece. So it doesn't take place in 1982. It takes place in 1939, 1940. Um, and because it takes place in a period, it doesn't really get aged very much. As, unlike when you see a movie you know, that takes place in 1984. Right. So you watch a movie that takes place in 1984, you watch it now, you're like, oh, 1984, right. I have a haircut, <laughs> we look ridiculous. Look at a shoulder pad. What is that music? Right. But because it was a period piece, it becomes timeless, just mm. like Shawshank Redemption. Right. That, that's usually the corollary I make. To me, Christmas Story is the Shawshank Redemption of, of Christmas films. And then also, Bob Clark shot all of it from the POV, from the height level of a little boy. Mm -hmm. So that means that it's constantly renewing a conversation with children. I've watched little kids watch it, and they don't know anything about the 1940s. They don't know, they don't understand any of the politics of the world that's going on around the characters in the film, but they identify with Peter, with Ralphie and, and his little brother, because those are timeless values of the dynamic inside children and is done from the child's POV. It's not from a camera angle looking down on a little kid. It's from a camera angle of a kid looking up mm-hmm. at parents. So it's from his perspective. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things that just it just keeps keeps coming back. <laughs> now yeah, hopefully I, you're getting residuals every time. <laughs> I'm hoping. No, I don't. I I probably make about Eighteen hundred dollars every two years, hmm, so it's it's nothing that changes. I mean, the money out of it affects nothing. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, it's it's not it's not the windfall that everybody thinks it. But where it's become a priceless experience mm-hmm. is in the interaction with families and kids and grandparents and the way that I am now part of their lives and they treat me like a, a long lost relative that they're so excited to meet up with. And I've never met these people before, Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm part of their family tradition. And I, it's kind of a magical experience. Yeah. Yeah. Did, now when you got that part, I, I mean, was it just like an open cattle call that you went into or? Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Jeez. You hit it. You hit it big. <laughs> well, yeah, it's crazy. It was against 300 other kids and, 
And then he goes 300, 200, 150, 10. I get it. Mm-hmm. And then um, the skiff market's a bully for all eternity. Yeah. And now it's 33, three, four years later. It's crazy. Yeah. Do people still come up to you and say, you know, you're that bully guy? <laughs> all the time. It's nuts. <laughs> it's Jeez. nuts. Yeah, well, uh, uh, any other projects you have going on? Uh, you, you mentioned a second film that you were filming back-to-back. Uh, give yeah, us an idea of that one. Again, yeah, James Cohen Bresick. Uh, hopefully your, your listeners will know who that is. Uh, he's a very prolific young filmmaker. He's done a lot in the horror genre. Um, and he and I partnered up on these. And uh, the film Bethany stars myself, Tom Green, Shannon Doherty. And that's going to be coming out in September. Wow. Um, that'll have a theatrical, a limited theatrical release. Um, so that's the other one that we're working on. And let's see, there's another movie. And that's, well, I don't know when that's coming out. It's called The, uh, the Terror of Halloween that I wrote that just got shot and is uh, in post-production now. But, uh, yeah, Restoration is Restoration is my directorial debut of a feature film. Um and it comes out Tuesday on iTunes and VOD, and it's very exciting. It's yeah. been getting really good reviews so far. Yeah, and then uh, in uh, July, you're planning a DVD release on that? Yeah, DVDs uh, come out in Walmart across the country on July 5th. Hmm, great, great. Well, yeah. Zach, I'd like to finish up with uh, two final questions, and everybody tells me this right. is the toughest questions I ask. So, <laughs> Okay. And I know you're busy because, boy, <laughs> I know what you're going through. But uh, right. you, um, uh, when you sit back and relax, what do you watch on TV? What are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? One of my favorite films of all time is Highlander, the first Highlander. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are garbage, but the first one's amazing. Um, TV shows I like to watch, uh, I love the show Billions on HBO. I watched the show uh, Vice on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched The Venture Brothers, which is a cartoon, and I love that show. Um, yeah, I try to keep my, my doors open mentally because I'm still an animation fan, and I love good storytelling. Yeah. The problem is, because I'm a writer and also all the other work that I do in film, if it's not good then all I notice are the problems. Yeah, yeah. And and then they're like, oh, I can't believe they use that shit. Oh, look at the editing. Oh, that's garbage. Oh. And so I become like the worst person to watch a movie with. Wow. I, I saw, it was funny, I saw this movie, uh, my girlfriend and I watched the, the movie Sisters with mm-hmm. Tina Fey. Yep. Uh, dude, that movie sucks. I couldn't <laughs> believe how bad that film was. And it was made for 30 30 million dollars. Oh, yeah. ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I love Tina Fey. I mean, when she did that movie with Steve Carell, uh, Date Night, I think it's called. Yep. It was freaking hilarious. Wonderful. And so, like, watching that movie through that, it's been bugging me for days <laughs> how bad that movie is. And my girlfriend's like, just let it go. I'm like, no. No. There's lots of money. Lots of talent. You're funny. What the heck? Yeah. So, uh, it does. It does make it difficult. Sometimes it's better for me to just go read a book. Yeah. Because <laughs> then I don't get pissy. <laughs> well, Zach, I appreciate you taking the time, and I want everybody to go out on May third 
and uh, watch the movie. That is tomorrow. That's, that is tomorrow. Yes. I'm very excited. Yeah. And uh, everybody should go uh, go and watch that. And uh, if they get a chance uh, in in July, go ahead and get the DVD and uh, enjoy a good movie. Yeah, and tell me what you guys think. I'm on Twitter at Total, T-O-T-A-L, Zach Ward. And then you can Facebook me. Uh, my Facebook is Zach Ward. It's verified. So you see the blue check mark. That's me. Um, yeah, hit me up and tell me what you think. A big thank you going out to Zach Ward for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Christmas story. Scott. That's right. The bully. <laughs> he was something we see every year over and over and over, and you just uh, want to see it again. So uh, and, uh, be sure to check out Restoration. That's his new movie. Uh, he co-wrote, and he directed it, and he is in it. And I'll tell you, it's a good story. Be sure to check it out. It's out uh, on video on demand right now, and uh, you can check it out on cables and all that. And then on July 5th, you can check it out as a DVD, so you can pick it right up. So, that's it. Thank you, Zach, for joining us. And uh, we've got another great guest coming your way next week. That's a wrap. And uh, don't forget, before we wrap up here, uh, if you are on Facebook, be sure to like us. And if you have a suggestion for a guest, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we will try to get that person on here for you. And uh, iTunes, people are telling, or a few people have told me that they've been having trouble with iTunes. And it's really weird because uh, I don't know what's going on with iTunes. Uh, I've had issues where my phone can see some of the episodes and my computer can see some other episodes. And you can never see them all. And uh, sometimes people are having trouble downloading it. Uh, it's so I don't know what's going on. I, I'm going to have to check into it a little bit and find out what's going on. If you're having an issue, let me know, and uh, we'll see what we can do about fixing that. So that's a wrap for this week, and until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>